and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. After a crazy wildcard weekend, we are now here for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And our first game preview is the New York Giants, who beat the Vikings against the number one seed in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants keep rolling, as does Tom Walton. How are you, mate? I'm great, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I wish I could be the same boat as you two, really, and have a team still in the playoffs. But I think... Um, you know, I was happy for the Giants to win. Uh, I think it was a good story. I think Daniel Jones is a great story. And I think that hopefully you guys can carry on the um, the trend and get a win this weekend. I hope so. I'm less confident this week, but um, <laughs> there's um, there's a chance. So I'll take, I'll take yeah, it. Definitely. And returning guests on the Philadelphia Eagles side of things, Talk Sports, Oliver Wilson. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, man. Uh, it was kind of nice not worrying last week about the playoffs. <laughs> you just get to sit and watch it and enjoy it for like the football spectacle. So I think you're actually in a better position because this week, I know Tom and myself will probably be a bit more of a nervous wreck, whereas you can sit and just enjoy playoff football. I'm very envious of people that support bad NFL teams, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one game for me I'm going to struggle with probably is the Bills-Bengals because I don't want the Bills to win. I don't want the Bengals to win, really, to be honest. Or maybe I don't want Joe Burrow to win. So apart from that game, I think the rest of it, I'm going to be pretty much sitting there as, as a neutral, just not really minding who wins. So um, hopefully we get some good games. And hopefully it's as good as last year's divisional round, which was obviously the best we've ever seen in the playoff round. So hopefully it can keep up and compete with that. But I do think some part of me thinks maybe it won't quite live up to um, what we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, last year was was exceptional in terms of the, the calibre of football that we got. And as you touched on, it was considered one of the best of all time. I don't think this NFL season has been a best all-time season for quality of football anyway. But it has given us enough kind of twists and turns with narratives that we could get some interesting results. I think you can only go back to last week. A lot of people would have probably said on paper, the Vikings should have beaten the New York Giants. But... Darbol and co continue to find ways to beat teams when they're down in the dust. You know, they did it in London against the Packers. They've done it on this run to get towards the playoffs. And then they did it last week as well. So unfortunately, I hate to say it, you have to show a little bit of respect to teams like the Giants for kind of finding themselves out and finding uh, finding a way to get things done. I just hope it all ends very quickly indeed this weekend. <laughs> and what's your take been on your season overall for the Eagles? Of course, last season you made the playoffs somewhat as a surprise and then you went to the Buccaneers game and you got absolutely thrashed and this year is completely different you're coming in this year on a playoff by you know number one seed in the NFC winning the NFC East what's your take been on how the season's gone and just how good a job Nick Sirianni has done well I think last year was very much using the run game obviously we saw that last season but it was a team that wasn't anywhere near prepared to be in a playoff battle at all uh you'd argue begrudgingly that the Cowboys were the best team in the NFC East to be in a, a playoff fight. The Eagles, yeah, I wasn't expecting anything against that Buccaneers team as well last year. I think the difference is, is that we've now seen that whole side of the football on offense balance out with pass and run. Uh, you cannot take away the, the factor of AJ Brown coming into this team has been immense from the word go and it's balanced everything. You've now got threats all across the upper middle and lower third of the field, plus the running game and the dual running game that you have with Hertz and Miles Sanders. And then the additions on defense as well. I, I As much as I'd love to say Sirianni's created a great setup for Hertz to thrive in, you also have to look at Harry Roseman, GM, 
and say how well he's done in building this team. And it doesn't feel like the team's mortgaged their future either. You know, we've still got a top 10 draft pick coming in this year's first round. So regardless of what happens. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very crafty scheme on and off the field to get things to work. But I will also say that the schedule for all of the NFC East has been very easy. It's been kind. I said at the beginning of the season, I could see the Eagles losing two or three games in the regular season just because of the weakness of teams. So, and, and that's come to fruition. Whether they're ready to take, I mean, the Niners are the best team in their playoffs in the NFC. I think we can all just admit that and say they're the favorites regardless of what happens. And then you've got three teams from the NFC least, as it was known, going into this <laughs> year, which kind of, again, sums up this NFL season, really. But the, I mean, you've got to be happy with the Eagles. 14 wins, 14 times they get to celebrate in the regular season. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic season. And I know a friend of the podcast, Steve McGuinness, also said the same thing as an Eagles fan. He's just can't believe how good it's been and you know I think everyone went into the season I think you had a lot of people like myself were predicting an Eagles division win but I don't think anyone was predicting you know number one overall seed and one of the best teams in the conference um of course one of the main sort of issues coming into the this game what has been the dynamic of the last week or two is the fitness of not only Lane Johnson the offensive lineman but also Jaden Hurts um as far as I know they're both going to be playing uh, but if they do play does it concern you at all, Ollie, about maybe whether they are 100% healthy going into this game? Lane Johnson's 100% not ready. That That's just a guarantee. He'll probably end up getting rotated in and out at various points or may even have to just come out early and that could be it. He's going to try and plough through his groin injuries listed as limited on the injury report that came out this morning. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not... I know where Lane Johnson is almost, so it's kind of nicer. With Jalen Hurts, what we got in that last Week 18 game before obviously having the bye week last week was Jalen Hurts being wrapped up in cotton wool. We didn't see him running at all against New York in that game. New York played their third stringers. Tom, I'm sure, is going to gloat about how they almost beat us with their third stringers in the last game of the regular season. But Sirianni coached the dullest football game that he's probably ever coached to make sure the starters are there and ready to roll if we need to put the foot on the gas. But also, let's not get anybody hurt unnecessarily but that also means I don't know what Jalen Hurts' shoulders actually like because we didn't see him run we didn't see him take contact we saw a couple of deep balls but there was nothing too explosive in the passing game either he's not on the injury report which is a great sign whether that's hiding something or whether that's Hurts just saying I'm fine I'm fine let's go it's all good but it is that's the bigger question I think you know where Lane Johnson is he's not going to be 100% fit we'll see what we can do with him Hurts as big an impact of course as Lane Johnson in that team, maybe even more because he is the quarterback. But yeah, difficult to know how ready he is and how sharp he is to go after that time on the sidelines. I'm confident though. The run game, the scheme that Sirianni has is built for him to thrive in. So I'm confident. And of course, one of the main dynamics I talked about with Freddie Harper-Davis in our most recent review of the wildcard round was there's a definitely a, a definitely pros and cons of both sides of things. We saw it with the Baltimore Ravens a few years ago where you know you have a week or two off, you have the playoff by or you rest starters, whatever it is, and you can go into a game very rusty. But on the flip side, the Giants, of course, they rested all their starters in Week 18 and won their game last weekend. So does the fact we've had really probably two weeks off, if you include the last week of the season, um, does that worry you at all in terms of rust going into this game against the Giants who have just come off the back of a very entertaining game and one which they obviously played all their starters? Um, so does that concern you at all? No, I don't think so. I think it'd be more concerning perhaps if it wasn't against a divisional opponent. I think because you know the Giants so well, 
You've also had another week of game tape looking at how they took down the Vikings as well. So I think, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the bye week, particularly when you've got something like a Jalen Hurts bad shoulder coming up or Lane Johnson needs a week to get his groin sorted. Um, I, I think the bye week was important. I mean, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles when they went and won the Super Bowl in 2017. Nick Foles plays terribly for those last couple of weeks of the season. They have the bye week and then... BDN comes out and he's just flinging it all over the place against Minnesota and yeah it, it was the glorious run to arguably one of the most entertaining Super Bowls of all time so I'm okay with the bye week I'm not worried about rust I get it I get why people would be concerned but there wasn't that much momentum that was being taken away from the Eagles anyway because we'd lost to Dallas and the Saints and then had this duff game against the Giants so yeah it's it's okay I think the bye week will actually help Okay, and over to you, Tom. Um, of course, you got the win against the Vikings, 31-24. Of course, Daniel Jones became the first player, I believe, in postseason history to get 300 yards passing and over 75 yards rushing. Um, but looking at the stats, of course, um, you got 20, 31 points against the Vikings, which everyone knows is not the best defence. Coming up against the best pass defence in the league, the second best team in the league when it comes to yards per game allowed. Only seven teams have allowed more points in a game than the Eagles this season in the regular season. Um, and flip over to yourselves on your defence, of course, you're 27th in run defence, 15th in pass defence, and 25th when it comes to yards per game allowed. So does that concern you at all, the fact that, yes, you beat the Vikings, but it was against a bad Vikings defence, but now you're com coming up against one of the best offences, you know, third when it comes to yards per game, ninth in passing offence, fifth in rushing offence. The fact that you're coming up against a, a much better team, do you think, is that much more of a concern for you, much more of a worry going into this game? Um, I don't want to be flippant and say that none of that matters, but I also want to say that none of that matters. I mean, it's a playoff game. It's a one-off game. It doesn't matter what's come before. It's win or go home for both teams. Both teams had to approach it slightly differently to a regular season game where you've got another 15 or 16 to play, so to speak. Um, passing passing offence isn't necessarily our strength. Though last, week we'd, last weekend would probably disagree with that. I think, once again, the key is the run game for us. Daniel Jones on the ground, Saquon Barkley on the ground. I know Barkley didn't get the yards, but he got the two touchdowns that we needed the most, particularly the second, was especially impressive. Um, I'd, although the Eagles are the number one seed, I, they don't scare me as much as the Niners would at this stage. Um, I think I agree with I agree with you in the sense that um, the Niners are the number one team in the NFC, despite what this says. And I'm also taking a little bit of confidence in the fact that we don't know where Jalen Hurts is. I think um, if I were an Eagles fan, or as good as Hurts is, I'd be worried about Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau all coming up through the middle, Jalen Smith, even Landon Collins and McKinney coming from the safety and linebacker positions. So I think um, we have nothing to lose, whereas as the number one seed, I feel like you have everything to lose from an expectation standpoint. And the season that you built to get to this point, um, I think teams with nothing to lose are dangerous, especially when they're a divisional rival who've been swept by you in the in the um, regular season. We've seen with Brady's Buccaneers that that doesn't necessarily translate to playoff wins. So um, I'm not confident, but I'm not scared either, if that makes sense. Now, I want to ask you a question, which I did ask in our last episode 
Um, of course, Daniel Jones, you know, he had a good regular season, but he wasn't, you know, in the same caliber of Mahomes, Burrow, even Jalen Hurts. But in the playoffs, he had a great first game. Is Daniel Jones Eli Manning 2.0? Yes, and upgraded, I think. I think he's a more powerful runner than Eli Manning. He's a more powerful passer of the ball. I think if we could just keep... He's been so much better with turnovers, whereas that was something that played Manning all the way through. If we can nip that into bud now and make him a more efficient... You'd like take take the sack, throw the ball out of play. Don't take, don't fumble the ball. Don't. There were a couple of times against Minnesota where he put his shoulder down. I thought, bloody hell, don't do that. Don't because <laughs> I've seen it so many times. The ball comes out. But um, I'd also like to take this uh, this opportunity to apologise to Daniel Jones. I think he's everything that we wanted as a franchise quarterback, and I don't. <laughs> and I retract all the slander beforehand. But um, I think he needs to continue what he started against Minnesota. He needs to play in the same way. He needs to exude that confidence that he did because I've never seen that from him before. And it makes him, I know these comparisons have been floated about all week in America, it makes him look a bit like Josh Allen. And if we can turn him to something even half as good, I think the, the Giants uh, the, the Giants could be in for a good couple of years with Dayball as well. Well, if you guys are listening and not watching our YouTube, you you would you would have missed Ollie's face just looking in complete <laughs> complete fear. I mean, not only the Eli Manning stuff, but also what or Thomas is saying. I mean, does that concern you, Ollie? At all? Are you worried about um, the fact that Daniel Jones does look a million times better in the playoff game than he would do in a regular season? Uh, not at all. Daniel Jones is is, <laughs> is Daniel Jones. The comparison to Eli is funny because I rate Eli Manning as one of the worst quarterbacks to win two Super Bowls, let alone to win a Super Bowl. I think he was bang average, um, had some big moments and had some great defenses around him as well. Um, and then when it comes to you're comparing Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, you're drinking the double Kool-Aid, I'm afraid, man. I, I don't know what's going on here. You're buying into whatever's been sold. I, look, I... I mean, I wasn't even that high on Josh Allen, to be honest, until kind of the last season and a half or so, because there were so many mistakes. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Daniel Jones is a quarterback that I consider riddled with mistakes at all, but he's not one that strikes me with any fear. The only trouble that he brings is what the Eagles haven't done well with in some games, which is dealing with a mobile quarterback. It took a long time for them to eventually get to fields and start collapsing a pocket rather than giving him a pocket that had escapability from it and Daniel Jones will provide that the the biggest fear is Saquon Barkley and how he's run for a large part of this season how he was able to help carry the team uh, against the Vikings as well and and that again has been uh, you know big runners down the middle have been something that the Eagles have struggled with when Jordan Davis hasn't been out or when he struggled in games and I think a large part of it is going to rely on Jordan Davis on that defensive line as well as the ability of you know the the four 10-plus sack holders in that Eagles defensive line getting to Daniel Jones and being able to collapse a pocket. Um, but I do also very much agree with Tom's point about the pass rush of the Giants' D and the ability to get pressure and, and get on a QB. Um, the only hope is that Sirianni's game style and the RPOs that they run at least gives that half-step of change of thought to a to the likes of a Dexter Lawrence, whether he's going to commit to the quarterback or the running back and, and those right decisions being made when distributing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think Thibodeau for me has been, I think he's definitely had some great moments this year. I think he's been 
exactly as advertised. I think I can't remember what the game was where he got a defensive touchdown. And I think he he'll be. I think him and Dexter Lawrence and Williams are going to be such keys in this game. And I think that especially if you got you know a Hertz who isn't completely healthy, a lineman who isn't completely healthy, I think that's definitely an area that the Vikings, the Vikings, the Giants can expose. I think that's one of the keys to the game. If they're going to win this game, I think Barkley is absolutely one of them. Uh, but I think also getting to the O-line and the quarterback, I think, is an absolute mess for the Giants. Um, my final point on Daniel Jones is that, you know, you just doubted him. But you'll know from experience, Ollie, that one quarterback that was doubted in the playoffs was Nick Foles. And, and look how that turned out. So I think that what we've seen with him and other quarterbacks in playoffs is that the regular season, Eli Manning as well is one of them, where the regular season performances doesn't really matter in playoffs because some quarterbacks on one side can be much worse than the playoffs, Kyler Murray, for example, but on the flip side, they can turn to a completely different animal, different beast, a much better player. And I think that Daniel Jones, I think, has shown me, in albeit small sample size, one game, I think if he can do it again, I think they really have a clutch quarterback on their hands who may not do it in the regular season, but in the postseason, turns into um, turns into Nick Foles, turns to Tom Brady. So I think that... Um, is he the reverse uh, Kirk Cousins? Is that what you're saying? But, but yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I never thought that. He actually is, yeah, because Kirk Cousins, I think, actually, I think I will say Kirk Cousins isn't really to blame in that game, apart from the final play. But um, I do think that for his career, I think he's been, yeah, almost the opposite of Nick Foles, <laughs> which yeah. I've never thought about. It makes complete sense. Um, right, we're going to head to the final part of the episode, which is our prediction part of the show. So we're going to give both the fans a chance. As, as well as myself, to predict the winners of this game. So, as it's your first time on the show, we'll give you the chance first, Ollie. Your first time in the playoffs episodes. Uh, what's your prediction for this game? Do you want to score or do you want just the 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 victor, so to speak? Give, give me both. I want to hear both. I, I like that. Double down. Let's let's go with a thirty to fourteen victory for the Eagles. I think the Giants Ooh, could either stick around for early on. And then it gets difficult, or you get the Giants kind of, kind of come back into a late third quarter, early fourth, and then it kind of gets snuffed out. But I do, I do think this Eagles team has has more than enough. The only thing I'd probably change from the Eagles and this Giants team, if you were to flip anything over, would be the coaches. I really like Brian Darbell, and I think he's great at rallying teams, and I completely think that that's huge in the playoffs. Whereas, I don't know if Nick Sirianni's watering flowers talk is really going to get anybody too hyped up for like playoff football, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it's an Eagles victory. I'm not going to say the Giants, am I? I'm not going to come on here wearing an Eagles hat and be like, well, I think the Giants are going to take it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Dable, coach of the year for you, Ollie? Up there. I, yeah. think, I think you'd have to put Sirianni in there as well, to be honest, because everybody's been lauding Hurts, but it's been made a lot easier for Hurts with the scheme that Sirianni has run for him. So I, I think I think both would be up there. Dayball's a great, great coach, though, as I say. He's a great leader of men, and that's really what you want. Head coaches should delegate to their coordinators to run the game, and a head coach should be a leader of men. And I think you've definitely got that in, in New York at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan deserves a lot of... Uh, I think he might even get my vote because to do what he's done with, you know, a third-choice quarterback, you know, we've seen... Other teams have had third-choice quarterbacks, namely the Dolphins, where Scarlett Thompson hasn't been really the same as Brock Purdy, and nowhere near Brock Purdy's level. Mm. And I think that um, to do what he's done, have you know, 
first string first string callback goes down injured. Second string comes in, he gets injured, and to keep rallying the troops and get them to be second seed, the favourites in the whole of the NFL, NFC definitely to do all that with a third choice callback. I, I think, and, and the coaching he's done, some of the plays, and all, I, I think Shanahan. I think for me, it's Shanahan or Dable. I think if the Seahawks beat the Niners, I think Pete Carroll would have been almost a lock for me. But I think you know to do what they've done as well. But I think. Me, Shanahan or Daybell all the way. Um, Mike McDaniels as well, though, in, in Miami. To to bring a running game to Miami is unbelievable, considering they've had something that's been non-existent. I know, obviously, player and personnel help, but I think McDaniels has done an amazing job in coming in and fitting a scheme very quickly into that offense that's probably only going to improve, depending on what they do at the quarterback position as well. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're... they're Mike Tomlin, considering what the Steelers mm. have done with a very, very bad team and to be able to get into the playoffs and continue to not have a losing season as well. You could argue Tomlin's done an incredible job in Pittsburgh. There's actually quite a few candidates because it's been such a wild season in the NFL of people that have certainly exceeded expectations when it comes to uh, play calling. Zach Taylor in Cincinnati mm. as well has done a really good job this season, I think. But anyway, we're digressing slightly. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think Andy Reid definitely is going under the radar because he's you know to lose Tyree Kill and still get this team to be number one seed in the AFC. I think this is huge credit. I, I do think with Daniel, I think he gets away with it because it's his first year. But I don't know how you don't get your players set. I know the whole thing where he thought it was first down, it was fourth down, or blah 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 blah. But even so, I just think that at times he's shown that he's a rookie. I think he's made some bad play calling decisions. His clock management. Not quite Hackett's level, but I don't think it's been anything special. And I think that, but I think you only learn from that. And I think to get to the playoffs in your first year, big up McDaniel. Um, Tom, first of all, for you, you're probably going to be biased and say Brian Dayball, coach of the year, or is there anyone else you'd have in the in the mix for coach of the year? I thought he was awfully still. Mm. <laughs> I'm a famous boy, not being. I'm gonna message him. See, yeah, I thought he's really. I thought he's like really very good. Oh, there he is. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. You were going really like sort of oh. slow mo speech there. I think oh, my. There. I heard your question though. Okay. Um, but I know it's gonna sound sound biased, but I don't think there's anyone else in who should be in the club. I know there are lots of good coaches who have done really well with their teams, but I think for coach of the year, you've got to look at where the team was before he picked them up. Um, was it three, four wins last year? I think it was three. Um, and to turn them into a playoff team and an actual competitive playoff team in a space of a year, I with this pretty much the same personnel, I think it really shows that coaching matters. And I think it really shows that it matters who is in charge of your offense. And I think I did based on that alone, regardless of how well we do in the playoffs, I think he's, he's a shoe in. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think a lot of times the coach of the year does go to someone who has turned a team round. Um, so I do think Dable may well, especially if the Giants win this weekend as well. I think Brian Dable will probably be the, the consensus favorite for the, for the award. But um Ollie, I don't think you should see the same. So it's all right. Don't worry. He won't won't win this weekend. So it leaves it open still. <laughs> um, Tom, your prediction for the game? Um, I think I'd be an idiot if I came on here with a Giants jumper and said that we weren't going to win it. Um, I don't think it'll be easy, and I don't think it's probable. Um, I would tend to go 
for a I don't, I don't hmm. I'd go 27-24 I don't think a victory for us would come any more than three points I think it would be a one two three point game if we were to nick it but it depends on four things really it depends if we score as consistently as we did in Minnesota I think in the first half our worst drive was a field goal um, it depends if Adoree Jackson pockets Brown as much as well as he did Jefferson Depends if we can actually stop a tight end this time because Hawkinson took us for 10 receptions, 129 yards and crucial first downs on third down plays. Apart from that, nice little check down that Kirk helped us out with. And um, it depends on the pass rush and getting to Jalen Smith. So not Jalen Smith, Jalen Hurts. Don't know where that came from. Um, Jalen Hurts and um, containing him in the pocket. And it, it's he's a much different proposition to Kirk Cousins because he actually has legs. So um, it depends, will Lawrence be as effective chasing, chasing him as he would Kirk Cousins? Um, but I would go maximum three-point victory. The score is up for debate. Um, it depends what Giants turns up. OK, right, it's time for my prediction, the neutral in this episode. Now, who am I going to go for? Eagles or Giants? Now, if you heard our wildcard round review, you probably would have heard the spoiler of my pick, I'm going to pick the New York Giants. I think that <laughs> on paper, everything tells you the Eagles look at their, their run defence and the, and the pass defence and the offence, etc., etc. But I think that purely for the fact that Hertz and Lane Johnson aren't completely 100%, and I think that, and adding the fact of the bye week and all that and potential rust, but I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I, I'm going to put down a sunning maybe like a 17-14 or something like that. But I just think there's something about the Giants. I go further than saying that I think if they win this game, they could they could beat the Niners as well. I think there's something about them. There's a feel-good factor to the Giants camp. I think we saw the Bengals last year surprise everyone and make the Super Bowl. And I think this year, there's going to be one team that does it. I do think it's going to be the Giants. Now I have a strong feeling that I'm going to have them as the winner. Thoughts on that, Ollie? Um, I don't know what you guys have had this morning. What are you guys putting in your pancakes in the breakfast or something, oh, something a little different in the tea or whatever? I don't know what is this Giants team is going to beat the Eagles and then probably beat the Niners in a championship game and go to the Super Bowl. Are we and then what are they going to beat a Bills or a Chiefs or a Bengals? Yeah, really... absolutely. If they make it, they're beating the Bills, all the Chiefs, all Tom, the Bengals. Tom, how much have you paid Andy <laughs> to say this publicly? Like, is there like a backhander going or something or what? I'd like to go on record and say I've never said we'd beat the Niners, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's playoff football and anything can happen. I mean, worst teams have done it. Worst teams have gone to the number one seed and won, and. Um, uh, we we just don't like going to Philly. <laughs> That's the only thing that scares me. Look, I, I I will say this: like the Eagles, the reason why I'm so pessimistic about the Eagles, and to be honest, I hate the fact that I've picked them to win this because every time I've kind of removed my pessimism this season, it was before the Commanders game that we lost, it was before the Dallas game that we lost, and it was before the Saints game that we lost. And I went into that last Week 18 game being like. We're going to lose to the Giants. We're not going to be the number one seed. This is going to be an absolute disaster. So the fact that I'm getting back on this positivity thing means the Giants probably will win. 
But it's because the Eagles as well let you down so often in those sorts of moments where you're stood looking at the TV screen going, how on earth are you in your own building letting this happen? And I do have a horrible kind of vision of the Eagles decked out in green, green helmets, stood in the middle of Lincoln Financial Field, looking around, looking at Giants players celebrating, going, how are we in a 17 to nothing hole midway through the second quarter or something like that? And I turn off the TV at that point and go to bed. So I, I'm not like confident in an arrogant way i'm very worried about this giants team but what you've just spouted there and that is a that is a monologue of a fool right there my friend a monologue of a fool <laughs> yeah no, i i'm fully expecting i may well i mean even on the um the sky sports challenge super bowl challenge was it 888 sport the super bowl challenge that's going on uh, you can do online i did i have the eagles beating the giants on that time Trying to be conservative and hedging your bets, Sarah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a victory somewhere. But um, yeah, no, I I just have this feeling. I had this feeling. I mean, I had the feeling about who was it last year or the year before, uh, where they completely proved me wrong. But I, I just think this year the Giants. I don't know. There's something about them. I don't know what it is. I just think that you know I hadn't beaten the Vikings last week. I just think that may, maybe if Hurts is healthy, I may have entered the Eagles and then Johnson, etc. But I don't know. I think there's something about the Giants right now that they're they're flying, and I think that they, I think they could be the shock team. And I was looking at a, a certain betting company, and there's hundreds of one for the Giants to play in the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking, do I put a cheeky fiver on that, or do I just leave it? Because whenever I bet on something, it never comes through. Basically, so do I think if I put it on, do I not? I'm not sure. But um, I'd say do it then. If it never comes off, definitely put that fiver on immediately. <laughs> right we all ended there um so this has been the across the pod podcast with me ollie and tom before we do go first of all thank you both for coming on thanks very much mate pleasure good man anytime no problem ollie we've not had you on yet these playoffs what's the pipeline for you the next few weeks i've seen you do some commentary on bt sport I've seen you do some talk sport work. What's in what's the latest in your I am your... I am covering the European figure skating championships coming up in the nice. week building up to the AFC and NFC championship games. And then after that, the morning after the championship games, I'm flying out for the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl with Talk Sports. So we are on the road to Vegas and Arizona as we speak. So I am probably annoying everybody by saying this, but I'm very, very lucky and I cannot wait to get out there. And I'm if the Eagles are in that Super Bowl, I I'll be sending some messages to you, Andy, because I'm going to be a, a state, an absolute state of nerves if that happens. Have you been to one before Super Bowl? Or is um, this your first one? I'm very lucky. I've been to, I've commentated on three and been to four now. So the first one I went to was the Malcolm Butler interception. Um, oh, and then I commentated on the Rams losing to the Patriots, uh, the Mahomes beating the Niners in Miami, and then last year's one as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. You can listen to it all on Talk Sport as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, do check that out as well. And, of course, by the Eagles, you know them all very well. And they're, they've all been on this podcast from time to time. Of course, the 8A Sport Challenge has Ash, Sam, George and Dre all up against each other. Who are you backing to win that? Who do you think is going to get the ticket? 
Well, Chivalry was going to say I want Ash to do it and get the ticket to go to the Super Bowl. But I've seen that this week she's gone from wearing all Packers stuff to she's pulled on the Bengals attire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like this this girl jumps ship with her teams more than anybody, except for maybe Dre, who had three teams going into the playoffs because he was going on about, <laughs> well, I've got my Miami family, but I'm a Giants fan, but I'm also on the Niners bandwagon. So I was like, get off that. So just for that, I'm going to go with George. Because uh, he's had a, such a rough season with the Colts that he deserves some real positivity at the end of the day. And uh, and Sam and Nathaniel Hackett and the Cardinals kind of kicked themselves in the foot, I think. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm going with George to do it. Yeah, I actually think, I think George, for me, I think he had the most predictions. I think it was him in line with mine. So my money was on, I think it was either hit George or Sam had the most picks him to me. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see who's going to go out there. And I hope, actually, I do hope it's Dre in a way because he's the only one who's got a team still involved in the playoffs. I think if the Giants make it, I hope for his sake that he's the one that does it really but um that makes it better I'm sure you hope <laughs> if the giants make it to the super bowl and he doesn't get to go that's my favorite that's my glory right <laughs> <laughs> sorry dre love you really mate <laughs> but yeah that has been the cross podcast and we'll see you guys next time